Welcome back to Pass the Salt Podcast, everybody's favorite low-effort casual conversation podcast hosted in Buffalo, New York by yours truly, Max Cambria. With me today, very special guest, good friend of mine, current co-worker of mine. My name's Edward Spangenthal. I was born in Amherst, New York. I've been living and working in the Buffalo area for for quite a while now and i met max at work and i've been wanting to come on past the salt for a while because uh, we're gonna cheers here he has wanted to come on past the salt for a while you heard it folks everybody asked me i'm a fan of your podcast but i don't know who the other fans are this is a fan not only a friend but a fan um Sorry to cut you off with the cheers there. Anything else you want to add? Salud, buddy. Yeah, I listen to Pass the Salt <sighs> Salud. when I'm playing Xbox. I listen to Pass the Salt when I'm on the Stairmaster at the gym. Yeah, yeah, you're a gym guy. So you're like, okay, so this is a perfect time to talk about this. You're somebody who regularly goes to the gym, but you're not like a gym shark, right? You're not like, bro, I need to get my lift in or else nah. I'm going to like pass out not only am i not a gym shark i'm in awe of gym sharks because i the first time i went to a gym was i think it was on delaware might have been on elmo either way in that area north buffalo i went in uh in middle school oh man and i i feel like i was taught good gym etiquette and fundamentals early but i never at school yeah by my yeah. phys ed teacher right, but right, right. i never ever wanted to be in a weight room very much i did it because i had to playing lacrosse growing yeah, sure. up but I did the bare minimum. I did bench a little bit. I did stuff with medicine balls. I did really? Car- medicine balls? I did cardio, okay. and I, I got out of there. Like, I did not I did not want to be in the gym. But then when you went to the gym for the first time, why did what made you decide, like, now I'm, I'm going to be somebody who goes to the gym? Uh, I, I think it's happened in phases. Um, I can run in the cold weather. I used to oh, in no. high school a lot more. But, but these days... Um, my knees get more sore than they used to, so I kind of have to do cardio indoors during the winter months. Yeah, the um, you know people tell me that running actually isn't that great for your knees at all. Like running outside, even on the treadmill, the treadmill's flat, so they say it's it's not good either. So they say other cardio is better. Everybody always recommends against running. I think you should do some running, but I don't think it should be an everyday activity, and unless you're very committed to being a, a competitive runner. Right. Some, so some, all, people, some people just got it in them. Most people, I, I would say this. If you were driving your car and you saw someone running and you slowed down. Don't do this. This is kind of creepy. And you slowed down and you rolled down the window. And you were like, hey, I don't know. if you, I guess you give them a compliment to try to like disarm them. You'd be like, hey, nice form. Were you a runner in high school or college by chance? Yeah. No details. They, don't, they would probably say yes. I feel like the only people who stick with running are the, are the, like, the pro runners. Some people, every, some people just have it in them. Some people need need to do those marathons or half marathons. Oh yeah, or five Ks. 
I, I ran cross country in high school. I I enjoyed doing the 5Ks, but once high school was over, I I didn't really want to do them anymore. Why? Because you didn't have to. I I wanted to be a mountaineer so so really? bad when I was when I was 18, 19, and I spent I spent a bit of time in Colorado, and I definitely climbed mountains. They call them 13ers, like 13,000 foot peaks. But I freshman year of college was a turning point in my athletic career because I am not an athlete. Well, you're not, <laughs> no, I, you're not, not, <laughs> that's not by occupation, but by spirit, you might be, you know, you sound very like lacrosse, you went climbing. So here's what I didn't know. I didn't know you did. You said the peak was 13,000 feet. I have, I've climbed a couple 13,000 foot peaks. And that is why you really already knew going into you work out at a climbing gym correct i do so those are like a popular thing i'll digress real quick for those of you who don't know i don't know how but they're gyms that have what like a large climbing room in them essentially yeah with blaze and like the whole wall the, the whole jazz yeah um this is the nicest climbing gym i've ever spent a significant amount of time in oh so you're seasoned you have other climbing gyms under your belt yeah uh the the climbing gym in buffalo that goes way back is niagara climbing center and i uh the first time I oh went yeah, there, yeah the first time i went there was for a birthday party when i was little and i i really didn't enjoy it that much i mean there was pizza so i think i liked the pizza and my friends but which is a classic which is a classic little kid thing to like but you go for the I, pizza but i at at that point in time, I would have said the Lasertron birthday party is so much better than the, the climbing gym oh, birthday party. Wow. You can't beat Lasertron. Cybersport with the little cars, Lasertron, and now they got go-karts. It's the whole package. But um, I didn't know you were seasoned, that seasoned in climbing. I thought you went to the climbing gym because you were an... like, I want to learn how to climb. I mean, so when I showed up to Central Rock, the, the climbing gym in town, that was the first time I'd been in a climbing gym in... It had to be 10 years. Oh, okay. Okay. Almost, almost 10 years. So you, uh, it was you like had the ex- first time in since since freshman year of college that I'd been in an indoor climbing gym. So you weren't seasoned. You just had experience. I'm such an average climber. Do they let you climb there without any gear? Like if you're experienced enough, without any um, ropes and belays and stuff? So you can boulder and that you just need shoes for that. Okay. Um. They would never let you climb up one of the big walls without without a rope. You can boulder, but that explain that to me. So so bouldering is measured in a a grade system that goes V one, V two, V three, and V one is darn near climbing up a ladder. The holes are really really big. Yeah, I don't ever struggle on a V one. Um, at our gym, the, the grades it gets steep because as soon as I start doing V three. Uh, it's iffy whether I can actually get to the very top of it or not. Okay, so it's tough. But I, I would say what kind of um, generally determines the the grade scale is it becomes steeper, the holds get smaller, it requires more reach or like more agility. Okay, and if you were on these and you fell, what's there's just like a mattress down there or whatever. Yeah, there's a crash pad. Crash pad. They actually okay. just redid the crash pads at Central Rock, so it's... terminology is important here, folks. Oh, there's so much jargon in climbing. Yeah, clearly there's a lot of jargon that I'm missing on your passing, passing stories about your gym adventures. But it, I will say this though: the gym that you go to for people in Buffalo, it's right near Resurgence, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, right near Resurgence Brewing Co. 
that's a hot spot. There's people that go there. I'm hearing more and more people have either gone there or are current members of that place all the time. This is a sponsor-free podcast. If you want to sponsor us, let me know. This is a sponsor-free podcast. This is just me saying this. It's a popular gym. You, I mean, you tell them, Ed. It's probably, is it popping a lot of the time you're there? It's popping. Yeah, it's popping. Um, so what I want to touch on, you were talking about 10 years ago in college. You mentioned that you, your undergrad was a turning point for you. Why is that? You said you might have wanted, wanted to mention about this time in your life. I mean, look, let's all be clear for those listening. Ed is, he's older than me by just enough time where he has, he he remembers this exact point in his life. I mean, I guess that's not really saying anything, but so tell me about it. Tell me about your undergrad experience and, and post-undergrad, like immediately following. My first college uh, year was in Colorado at a small liberal arts college. Okay, so this was Colorado time. This yeah. is when you were doing your peak, yeah. your thirteen thousand foot. Yeah, climbs. I haven't done. I haven't attempted to climb a mountain that big in a very long time. This sounds dark. Well, I, I, uh, I think I'd be up to it. I don't know if I'd get to the top though. Well, what made the? It sounds like your undergrad was like a disillusionment period. What, uh, what happened there? I, uh, I was really convinced I wanted to move away from Buffalo. Uh, I applied to that school early decision. Oh, nice. And I, I got in and I was, I was, I was happy. I, I don't think I was, I was overly happy. I remember when I got accepted, I, I was with my mom and we got the letter and she, she was like jumping up and down and I was kind of just smiling. Yeah. But you know. it, I, at the time I, I was like, yeah, I think this is the, the place for me. And when I got out there, I, uh, I, I wasn't always the best student. Yeah. Why, why would you be? Who cares? I took an English class and I did really well in the English class. Oh, nice. But, uh, I, I wanted to be a geology major rocks and stuff there's something about something about <laughs> rocks where the, Wait, idea, the idea of being out in the in the um the woods or the mountain or the desert near the rocks there's something about it that sounded so pastoral and even romantic and when i was actually doing it my, my heart wasn't there when you're actually so you were just mailing it in yeah i i got pretty poor test scores especially the second semester i was there so you like geology you like the idea of being where the rocks are at but when push came to shove you were like nah i'm good no i wasn't as much of a science mind as i thought i would be more of what an english mind you said you i mean it, all all paths were leading to becoming an english major eventually i just wasn't willing to admit it at that point in time and now look at you you're well into your grad school career yeah i finished uh, my first leg of grad school at ub how many legs are there I think there'll be more. I, I'm trying to figure that out still. Yeah, grad school's got to be tough. I, I give everybody and anybody props for going to grad school. Um, so what what made you decide, I'm going to go back to Buffalo? Like, you've completed a full year in Colorado, right? <laughs> it wasn't completely my choice. I got I got put on academic probation at the end of my, my second semester because um, uh, – I had a couple classes that I just I just kind of um, like dropped like no no grade, okay. which is um, kind of in some ways worse than just failing outright. Well, at least you don't get the fail. That's that's the option you take, There's, so it's not on your transcript. It beckons more questions in the future. Okay, sure. Someone sees you dropped a class, and it's like why? Whereas if you just fail outright, you can just say, "Yeah, that was really hard." 
Yeah, Ge- geology was really hard. Calculus was really hard. Chemistry. <laughs> I didn't. I uh, college chem sucks. Fortunately, I was uh, I was enrolled in chemistry and I dropped it before the the first day. So you're you're just smart. What you're all you're telling me right now is you're ahead. Of, you were ahead of the curve. That's that's all you were telling me. But you you're not a you're not a dullard. And I use that term lightly. You're not a dullard. Like you are a smart guy. So you were just. It was that the new environment was like system shock. You were just like having fun. You didn't really care about going to school as much, or was it more just like, you know, your friends maybe being away? There was no nobody to tell you what to do. There was definitely a lack of structure issue. Um, okay, think, let's, think, let's that's a good phrase. Lack of structure issue. Yeah, let's let's keep it there. I uh, I took this class that was called. Um, wetland ecology environmental law and the professor was this lawyer guy and i'd taken a class with him before so i kind of knew knew the deal like you have to keep this little journal and you have to write reports about supreme court cases shut up go over supreme court cases and you had to fill out these these kind of briefs um and i just stopped doing them because i had too much on my mind i was thinking about who do i want to date who was willing to date me (laughs) <laughs> I what am I what am I gonna Yo. do next what am I gonna do next summer? Is my friend group the way I want it to be? My roommate is, is frustrating. So you're meta at this point. You're very meta. I was way too meta what, during that experience. And that was that was that was um that was like hundred percent ed, like that wasn't influenced by substances. You no, were just I meta lived, in general. I lived in a substance free dorm. So, so this meta was coming so they, straight they, up. Uh, they told us at the beginning of the year, uh you can't have booze in this dorm you can't have the ra's did yeah we had one ra okay Um, so and if you rushed him he couldn't get you all you should have just rushed him they weren't really looking that hard and also i i flirted with the idea of rushing a fraternity and no i mean just straight up rush him like if a bunch of guys charge at this ra you, you he couldn't stop you all all you had to do is unite go on well yeah short short story is that i i'm sure we all dabbled at at one point yeah. in the year, but you, it needed to be away from the dorm. So you were, this was off rip. Ed was, was sitting in his dorm room, like piecing his entire life yeah, together. Yeah. I spent a lot of that year applying my brain to, to big questions. But when push came to shove, I wasn't getting my readings done. My, my test results usually weren't that good. They were enough to keep you satisfied, but maybe not ideal. You, I, I would say that I was satisfied and unsatisfied at the same time. And I think that's that's why I've been thinking about that time in my life a lot lately is that hmm. I don't I don't think I got as much clarity about it as as I ever wanted to, but I feel I feel like I ended up in the place I was supposed to end up though. I I can not verify or deny that. That's your your thing, but I mean you seem happy. I mean, you got a girl that you really enjoy. Who was mentioned on the most recent episode of Past the Salt. <laughs> it was mentioned. On the most shout recent shout out to Hinge. Shout out to Hinge. Yeah, shout out to Hinge. Yeah, dating apps was a very popular topic on the last episode. If you, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, if you maybe if you were had stayed in Colorado, then I would have never met you putting juice in a and uh, putting fruits in a thing and making juice out of it. A big machine. Big machine. Huge machine. 
It's ginormous. It's the size of a football field. Psych. Um, which brings like, which brings it kind of full circle because while you were m- being meta and maybe you came back to Buffalo on all this, you needed money. So you, like me, were in kitchens. You have a culinary background. Yeah. I always wanted to work in a kitchen. I never thought I would as long as I was entertaining the idea of getting a science degree. Uh, and when I came back to Buffalo, I spent what would have been my um, my first semester of sophomore year. That I wasn't doing anything that semester besides hanging out with Buffalo friends who were still around. And then when the second, well, the quote-unquote second semester rolled around, halfway through it, my mom said, you got to do something. Like, please do anything. <laughs> and, I, and it was a really easy choice. I said, yeah, I'll work in restaurants. Uh, so I went to NCCC and I did I did the culinary program there. Um, I, my brother also I told you this spent time at uh, at NCCC. Um, cool culinary campus. Were you there for the remodel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool yeah. cool culinary campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing about so you you're seasoned in the kitchen. What what uh, you worked at Gene Carlos? I should mention this off rip. That's where I wanted to go. You worked at Gene Carlos. Which is everybody and their brother and their cousin and their sons and their grandsons are gonna work at Giancarlo's. For some reason, it's a hub. It's a hub, is it not? There are a thousand people who work there. I can't say it's a thousand, but I, I've met a lot of people who've, who've worked there also. Yeah, their turnover rate is high. Not a thousand at, at the same time, but like it's like the heads of the five families work there, you would think, because everybody's like, oh yeah, I worked at Giancarlo's and da 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 was there, um, which is like a steakhouse that's in williamsville right i guess so outside of the city it was my first kitchen job and i'm i'm super lucky that they gave me that job because i didn't i didn't have kitchen experience before i worked there right so you were you were this is that this was your baptism by fire really it was a baptism by fire and i I think i still carry the lessons from that time to to my current restaurant work well yeah our kitchen's cold though it's cold kitchen there's no yeah i mean i've really gravitated away from from hot food so knowing that you have a kitchen background i do you know i mean disclaimer most of the people i've worked with in kitchens up until a certain point was just my friends like all my pizzeria work i just stab that's i'm like a virus i get into a place and then i just start staffing it with people that i know and that way like i just i gain more net power in the place so that's that's really been my go-to move but i'm you know, my friends are all doing better things than that now. So I can't, can't staff a place. All my good, good worker friends. But what is it about kitchens that attracts characters? Every kitchen, like more so like, I guess if you were to take everybody out of like a corporate building and like get to know them, you would be like, find the uniqueness in them. But something about the freedom of a kitchen, the freedom of expression, I should say, brings out all sides of a person but working in kitchens as much as you have i mean what do you think it is what's the x factor because like i would argue and i bet you would agree there's rarely been like a really accurate depiction of a food kitchen like in the media let's say like in a tv or a show or a movie or something like waiting right was pretty good but a lot of it was exaggerated you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of exaggeration. I feel like um, TV and movies 
make kitchens seem even more fast paced than they actually are. Kitchens are definitely fast paced. Don't get me wrong, but um, they, they always have the chef just like speeding through that kitchen, which is just not safe. And I I don't think I've ever actually seen a chef power power walking (laughs) through, through the the kitchen. At least like if there's like a lot of people in there, no one's ever really like bolting from from corner to corner. No, most people stay still because they know someone's moving behind them. Um, there has been like, 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 like you mentioned, like, even in like reality TV show kitchens, it's fast paced, but that's really just for the show, right? Like, that's to show people, give people at home entertainment value. Kitchens in real life, in uh, maybe in just in maybe you could say just in working class towns or more like Rust Belt towns, maybe. You just find characters for sure, right? You just find people that, even customers, not even just your coworkers, just people who come in, and you you kind of can start kind of seeing only bits and pieces of a person, but a, that's so pronounced that you're like, oh, this dude's this way. Like Donnie, we have a customer named Donnie. He comes in with like Gucci from head to toe, and like I don't know, he covers his head with this bucket hat and. You know, we see him. We don't know what this man's really he like. He draws attention. To he himself draws attention to himself when it seems like he shouldn't. He be smells doing that. Uh, smelly. He, yeah, he has a smelly smell. <laughs> but especially inside the kitchen, like have have you have you continued to do your geologist work? Would would you have guessed yourself to meet the same type of people that you meet in kitchens working with? No, absolutely not. I mean, you've told me some stories about like you being at Patina which is another restaurant in Buffalo and they're just being really wacky things happening. Yeah. It brings out, um, an energy in people that I don't think it's an inherently good or bad energy. I think, um, it's, it's such a hustle. And, uh, at Patina, I worked with this cook and he said he, he took time away from working as a cook. And when he came back to it, he said that one, one driving force was that you missed the grind. And so it's like, it's like, you're just, um, you're so committed to the grind. We, no matter no matter how long term or short term you want to be working in restaurants, like you have to acknowledge the grind. If you're losing losing enthusiasm in your restaurant job, the grind's still going to get you. The, oh, the customers man. are going to say something. The owner's going to say something. Like, um, the kitchen requires constant maintenance and feedback, and uh, sometimes it's really hard to take take that feedback. I, I sure have I sure have been critiqued before and as much as I knew I needed to be critiqued I, I wasn't happy about it no one likes to be told how to do their job because I like the way you just put that though the grind will get you and that is true that you know what that is true what's do, do you think it's safe to say that like a lot of the hardest workers you've ever met have come from a kitchen oh yeah it's insane the grind it's it's insane it's like it's like those scenes in like tv shows or movies it's the, like the mail room where like the mail's never ending and mm-hmm. it's always going to be coming in and going out and that's literally that's just like what a what kitchen work is like uh, i i want to separate baristas from kitchen work because that is a totally different ball game like i that is kitchen work really technically you're just in the kitchen but like any like drink oriented place and technically juicery is drink oriented you would think um is different because like they're making drinks it is still that same level of fast-pacedness and and never ending though but 
Yeah, I think that... Don't you think it's safe to say that there's probably a haven? Maybe it's just because there are a lot of kitchen jobs out there. Don't you think that kitchens are havens for maybe like the mentally ill? Yeah, I have a working theory that I think everyone in the world probably has some sort of mental issue. I I would go as far to say that I've had mental health issues in the for, past. For sure, right. Um, and up until my, my current therapist, I wasn't even really willing to ever even say that if... If someone said to me like, "Oh, you know, in Colorado, you were you were super stressed out. You weren't, you weren't really actually in a place where you you could be thriving at school," I'd be like, "Oh, no, 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 no. It was it wasn't like that. It was just just time, time, just bad time and place. Just the uh, things didn't work out the way they were supposed to. But um, yeah, the further I get along, the further I'm like, wow, yeah, I um, I get overwhelmed sometimes. I know everyone does, but yeah, sure, I, that's... I don't I don't like the way it makes me um, get upset." And it can kind of start a, a feedback loop in my mind of like, I'm not doing a good enough job. I need to do a better job. I'm putting effort into this. The effort's not resulting in what I want. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that I'm frustrated getting meta. Right. Um, the meta thing. There it is again. But meta I think, ed. I think uh, it's true, though, that restaurants and food service places, they get people who are caught in these feedback loops of frustration, anxiety. Uh, even depression. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't disagree with you. I think, and it's the grind though. See, like you would think that if a person is is at a job and kitchen jobs, the person who loves 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 their kitchen job is the chef. That's pretty much it. In my that's my working theory. I mean, like yes, the sous chef probably, and like, but other than those two everybody's there to grind because like that's the job they chose to do maybe but they're in the grind like like you said so that it's like a love-hate relationship but you would think if the job was causing that you would just want to like take off but you said your chef friend was like but the grind will get you why i don't understand that what is the self-suffering of the kitchen worker why do why do the kitchen workers self-suffer why are they like yeah it's the grind like oh my god i got scheduled on the weekend Again, fifth time in a row or something like that. Or like, oh, I got to work like six days in a row or something like that. Like, what about the grind wants people, brings them back? I think the money's actually rel- relatively good for, for what it is. It's not it's not a living wage. So that that gets into the, the point that like, I, I really wish that a lot of people in the restaurant business were paid more because uh, I've seen I've seen it's really a struggle. But I, I think... um. It does. It doesn't necessarily uh, require specialized training. The, one, the thing I compare it to a lot is like welding. I, I don't know a lot about welding, but I think you have to take a course to do it. Like oh, it's, yeah, it's like sure. a specialized job. And I, I've always felt like I don't think that being a welder is necessarily um, more dangerous than being in a kitchen. But definitely, like if you're welding something and the consumer who's going to use that welded material, it could be really dangerous if if something wasn't welded correctly. Oh like, my god! Like a steel. It's... I don't. I don't know a lot about welding, but like a steel bar or or some sort of structural metal, it needs to be welded correctly. Whereas if your your salmon dish or your beef dish goes out and it's the temperature of the cook is wrong, um, the consumer could get sick if they eat oh, a lot yeah. of it. And then but, you're, I mean, but you're lost th- job. there's there actually, I've I've struggled to to find a, a balance with this thinking because sometimes I think. 
this is like such a risky business to be in. I don't want to mess up someone's food. I don't want to mess up what they're putting in their in their body. But on the other hand, usually the customer or the people that you work with will give you feedback. So a, yeah, bad, I mean, a bad product won't won't go out the door very frequently. It, the it'll t- mess a bunch of things up. It'll mess up your dinner service. It'll mess up morale. But there there's more leeway in, in cooking. And it it's very accommodating to, to people of different skill sets. Yeah, kitchens for sure are accommodating. They're always looking for workers. So like with no experience, you know you can probably get into a kitchen anywhere as like a dishwasher, right? And but by the time you are cooking, like you're worried about bringing out something that's the wrong temp. By the time you're cooking something, by the time you've reached that point in your kitchen career, you're already probably if you started out with zero experience dishwasher, you're probably already like at least six months in, if not a year, right? By the time someone's allowing you to cook something, you usually have to have some kind of experience. I mean, it's different for like smaller kitchens, maybe like a chain kitchen, like McDonald's or Burger King, where everything is a process or like pizzeria kitchens. Cause I started as fry cook, right? So you're cooking something there. However, it's like drop it in oil and turn on a timer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. timer cooking. So by the time you even reach that level, you already have like your feet on the ground. Plus, you went to culinary school, so yeah, I cu- I learned a lot at culinary school. Something that I I did not learn as much as I wanted to at culinary school was how to be sautéing multiple items, multiple menu items at the same time. I still don't think I have that skill down as much as I want to, but um, yeah, when I was at Gene Carlos, the chef I worked for, he would uh, he would l- let me come in if I had a free evening. I I wouldn't clock in; I would just watch. Um, and I would watch him do dinner service, and I kind of. That's how I started to learn. Did what, you, what did you ever have to work with him while you were not on the clock? Because I would have just definitely. No, it was all. It was just training that just um, observation that was for someone who who as much as I had the enthusiasm, I hadn't really seen the the nuts and bolts of like a line cook working a dinner right. service, and so I got to watch um, this chef who who was a business major, um, uh, but not not a culinary major, and uh, it, it was really really important because. Uh, his mind was so pragmatic and I could see that you need to have a pragmatic exacting mind when you're, when you're preparing the food. Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, that's the other thing. Like forget the mentality of the kitchen or the workers who love self-suffering or like all the little dramas that go on in a kitchen. Like when push comes to shove, working a kitchen is tough. It's tough. I mean, especially like you said, he was sauteing multiple things multiple menu items at once which is just already in and of itself might scare people away from working as in a kitchen but you have you know three pots on the on the stove you got something cooking in the oven you know you got to basically manage all these things i don't want people to get the wrong idea and think that we're doing that on a daily basis no we're just squeezing juice like there is no i mean we're managing multiple things at once but it is not like we're standing in front of three you know bechamel sauces and like whatever it's just it's just juice but um i liked i liked how you put you're you're very kitchen wise and i didn't know that right away when i when we started working together because we were both new but i didn't know you were new until like three weeks in like i didn't i just didn't because like i was just like oh he was here already and he was washing dishes he, I, he must be i had here. that same issue at gene carlos one of my my closest friends is from working at that time and i i would take every word he said like like gospel 
And then I found out he'd only been there for, for about a month longer than I had. And, and I, I, I didn't learn that for two weeks. So I spent two weeks really following this guy around. Like, like I needed to copy everything he was doing. And I think, um, I think the, the biggest lesson from, from that first kitchen job was that there's, um, there's a lot to gain from admitting when you make a mistake. Like if you make a mistake, hiding that mistake is detrimental. It's so, so much worse than so just, just being stupid. like going up to the person who's in charge and saying like, there's a, there's a problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a problem. That is that. You... <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I, I, no one likes to admit, no one likes to admit that they were wrong. Right. Like no one likes to admit that they made a mistake. And at the same time, but it's people's food. So like, if you don't admit it, someone's going to find out something. You think you have more knowledge than the people who have been there for years. Plus the, the person, there's always one person that you get to in a kitchen. That's been there for like six, like some, you know, six plus or minus three, right? Like that's been there already for an extended period of time. You think you really have more knowledge than that person. You can get away with hiding it. No, sir. It's like at our juicery when this kid made a mistake, put the wrong fruit in or something like that. Um, and tried to hide it, but it's like, you, you really think you were going to hide a food mistake like that? Like a completely different color comes out of the machine. Dumb. Yeah. The worst one thing of the first mistakes do. I made at our job was I put, um, cayenne pepper inside a, a rock, the cashew nut milk oh, no. instead of, um, cinnamon, cinnamon. Cause I just kind of looked at the bottles and I, I saw C and I didn't really think about what I was grabbing. So I told our supervisor immediately. I said, I said, I'm, I have these three bottles of Rock the Cashew right here with cayenne. I'm just going to buy these for myself, and I'm going to make you some more Rock the Cashew, and I'm not putting cayenne in the Rock the Cashew ever again. Did you drink those? Were they good? Yeah, they were, were fine. They, they were fine. Good? They were fine for me, I but they I'm... they were spicy and good. Uh, yeah, the spice was, wasn't overwhelming. Nice. Um, it was fine for me. I, I don't know if everyone would want cayenne in their, no. their sweet cash, no. cashew milk, but it's... Yeah, it's not um, not the worst thing to have in your drink. No, plus you mess up a drink like that's a, a pretty easy fix. You mess up someone's like burger or something like you got to remake the whole thing. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had someone return a piece of meat because it wasn't done or not done enough? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, for most of my culinary career, I've usually been making salads and sandwiches. Oh, okay. um, so um, nothing's really coming to mind where I got something sent back for for under or overcooked. Um I've had things sent back for too much salt. Really? Yeah. Um, which I don't. Um, I don't mind that one so much. I mean, it's very personal. The salt preference, right? Some one person's too much is another person's too yeah. little. Here at Pass the Salt. I, you know, I never knew that at Pass the Salt that there was actually a, a salt shaker. It's a little known on, fact. There is the a salt table. shaker. Well, there. Yeah, you know, you got to really set the mood. This low effort podcast is sometimes. A little extra low effort. I already feel like I'm bringing too much effort. Why not? With my notes app, I got a, I got the Sabres score out on my, on my What's phone What's the right score now. of the Sabres game? one nothing. Sabres winning. You know, a lot of people in the Buffalo area have turned away from the hockey the hockey scene. You know who's back, though? Who's back? Jack Eichel. He's, we're, this, he's on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. He's playing us tonight, so that's that's why I got my eye on it. I'm rooting against Eichel. Right, Eichel really didn't want to be on the Sabres anymore. I don't really know that much about the drama of it. All I know is that he didn't really want to be there, so he got traded. Yeah, he he had a, a a spine issue, I think, and he had to get surgery, and Buffalo didn't want to sign off on the surgery. 
Really? So, so part of the trade was finding a team that was willing to let him get traded and then do the surgery that Buffalo wasn't willing to let him do. Why Why didn't Buffalo want to do it? I guess it, it's something that hasn't been done on a professional athlete. It hasn't ever been done on an athlete who then went and continued to play their sport. So he got the surgery. He's playing for Las Vegas. I think uh, I think he's playing tonight, if I'm not mistaken. I think he played the other night. He is playing. So he he's like that dude. Did you see that dude with the pig heart? No. Died. The first human to ever get a pig heart transplant to save his life. Get get a heart from a a pig. I assume it was a pig, not like a swine, but like a pig, and transplant it in his own body. And he died two months after the operation from the operation well it's not really clear but like complications let's say arose it was fine it was a successful surgery there was a news article about how successful it was now that 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 dude's dead it's crazy so eichel got this surgery and buffalo didn't want to i didn't know that buffalo didn't want to pay for it because the person there had never been anybody who continued performing at an athletic level after the surgery i think so it was a gamble really i think that um the doctor who did it was uh, was in Colorado, and I I went on their website. Was it, it like Doctor Love Robinson? It looks so legit. I saw really? this doctor, and I was like, I, this guy looks so ready to do this surgery. So I think from the Buffalo standpoint, it's like we don't want to have this PR fiasco where like our player got hurt playing for us, and then he's done ski. It it would have as much as the Sabers look pretty bad. There, there is even a worse version of this where we look even more silly. And Eichel, do you think Eichel is going to have like as good of a career as he was supposed to? Yeah, especially because I think, um, you know, in his draft, he got picked after Connor McDavid, and I think the comps. Uh, someone's going, a real hockey fan's going to hear this and think I'm being uh, hyperbolic, which I, I, I guess I am. But I think the comp would be that McDavid was like Sidney Crosby of the pittsburgh penguins and then eichel would be more like ovechkin of the washington capitals um ovechkin's so much better than eichel like i'm, I'm not i'm not saying eichel's as good as ovechkin but it's like Sidney crosby's a playmaker eichel eichel was a playmaker in college but i think on the nhl he's more of like that guy who who waits in the wings and then gets the shots off he needs he needs people who are better at setting him up and he just did not have that in in buffalo who did he have he had Sam Reinhart Good setting time. him up. I don't. I don't know the names of all the Sabers of the past few years, but as far as I know, Sam, oh, there was Sam Jeff R- Skinner. Remember, he had some news because he was like, everybody was crazy Skinner's, about him. Skinner's pretty good. Um, Eichel had Ryan O'Reilly for a while. Um, Ryan O'Reilly ended up going to the St. Louis Blues and winning a Stanley Cup with them. Really? Yeah. What did we get for that trade? Not. Not a lot. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know of anyone that we got in return that would have like really changed our destiny. So, if he wasn't playing, if they weren't playing Eichel tonight, you wouldn't really care that much. Uh, it depends. I mean, I, I go on Twitter a lot at this time of night, and so I usually do see the the Sabers tweets. Um, because I'm very into Buffalo sports Twitter, but I, the last game that I watched on TV would have been three weeks ago. And uh, I've, I've been to one game this season. Oh, you went to a Sabres game? I saw the season? first good. game. They've been getting a lot of hate on Twitter. I saw the first game that the Seattle Kraken ever played in Buffalo. New, new, NHL, new team, NHL team. Seattle Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What was it between? Do you know if they were choosing between things and they landed on Kraken? I don't know. I, don't I just know. want to know if they have Kraken rum at, at the Kraken games. That's a good question. If they did, it would be like $8 a shot, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. Factor in inflation plus stadium prices? Come on now. Come on. Um, but the Sabres have been getting a lot of hate on Twitter. Real quick, I just wanted to say, like, when I whenever I see Buffalo sports in reference to the Sabres this past year, it's been a fiasco after a fiasco after a public relations fiasco. The, I mean, I guess it's really going back two years, like, the whole, um, I guess, memorial game or whatever, and they had those jerseys with the names misspelled on them. Yeah. But and like everybody, it was like they had like an alumni celebration. An alumni yeah. game, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, like and like just names were falling off of jerseys, and like the Sabres were losing a lot still. And so everybody on, tw- on my Twitter was just like, roasting the sabers and then people were saying it was pagula's fault or something like that like i i was just caught in the twitter crossfire like i don't know what's going on the sabers are sucking i guess but uh if you see overwhelmingly positive things then that's good no i I think we're living in a post hope sabers world really post hope huh yeah i don't i don't have any real expectations for this team anymore um, I've kind of thought a lot about a future where the, there's no hockey team in Buffalo or at least no NHL team, uh, which is soul crushing because I, I was going to Sabres games before I went to Bills games as a youngster. Would you trade a hockey team for a basketball team? Um, probably the wrong person to ask for that. I, I don't think we have the right market for a basketball team, but I, I think the short answer is yes, especially if the Sabres are <laughs> destined to leave this town anyways. If we could get an NBA team, that – that would be cool. I don't see it happening, though. Yeah. Yeah, we had the Braves. I think that's done. I think that's over with. So hockey leaves. What would you like to see come? Anything? Well, I hope we get a minor league hockey team or, like, an AHL team to replace the Sabres. Would you go to AHL games? Once in a while. I, I don't really go to hockey games frequently enough yeah. as it is. Did you ever want to play hockey? I uh, I played hockey as a six-year-old. Okay, was, so you tried I was hockey. Really bad at it. It's funny you tried, and then you were just like, "I'm not into this because I'm bad at it." Or my you... dad, my dad decided that he wasn't going to re-enroll me in little kid hockey, and he signed me up for lacrosse summer camp. So it was either prodigy or nothing. I, apparently, I don't remember it this way, but apparently, I was really bad. Like, I my skating skills were so. I mean, you're six years old. Yeah, but I. I think um, the thought process for my parents was that the idea of them taking me to rinks at like six in the morning oh, as yeah. I got older, because like the, the hockey culture is weird compared to most sports cultures. I, it does seem like an early morning commitment that's kind of self-inflicted. I don't I mean, it's because of rink times there. <laughs> this this like idea floating off in space rink time, like we need yeah. to divide the rink time. up. But, you know, there's large swaths of time where nobody's on the rink. Yeah, I mean, in the middle of the day, it seems like that that might be why people are like uh, big hockey enthusiasts, both men and women, end up going to these like prep schools in New England or, or even Canada. Because if you're at the prep school, they can structure the day around who's on the rink at one time. It's like, oh, this JV team is going to be on the rink at, at 12 p.m. And that's when the, all the varsity players are in their classes and then they get off the rink and you send varsity in. 
Yeah, but also because hockey is just an expensive sport to get into. I mean, the team dues in hockey are already higher, but then there's the equipment and there's the, you know, travel because it's always going off into space. Um, so that has got to be one of the more expensive sports. And I think you're right about waking up early. That, that's got to be self-inflicted. Um, but I think this is as good a time as any in to transition into our segments of this show. For those of you who are new to the show, we have two segments towards towards the end of the podcast, end-ish. Um, one's called Saltiest of the Week, where it's who each host perceives as the saltiest of that week, meaning angry or upset. And Community Tries, it's our recommendation segment. Um, both me and Ed are prepared, I think, mostly, at least for this um, this part of the podcast. So, Ed, why don't you... Uh, why don't you start? Let's do the uh, saltiest of the week first. Who who was salty? I'm gonna take the the salt shaker. Nice. I, so this has never happened before. No one's like grabbed the salt shaker when they gave their saltiest of the week. No, people are afraid to grab that salt shaker. Superstitious. There is uh, there is iodized salt in there though. No uh, no sea salt. I have sea salt for cooking, but I just use it, that because it's it probably more, it's more of a grain. It probably wouldn't fit in this uh, the shaker. They, they, yeah, they're large. Uh, it's a grinder. It's a sea salt grinder. Um, use sea salt. Don't use iodized salt. Not my recommendation, but a side one. Go on, Ed. Who, who? Iodized salt's for baking, generally. Iodized salt's for baking. That's what I've. That's the the hard and I, fast rule is that sea salt's for cooking and iodized salt's for baking. That is, I'll abide so, by that rule. Uh, please refer to your cookbooks or culinary instructors for wow. for further yeah, guidance or, or bloggers or or hands recipes yeah, <laughs> or whatever you're watching. But uh, yeah, who's who's salty in the world of my Ed? saltiest of the week is Syracuse University men's basketball team. This is unexpected. Yeah, I uh, I play um I play a game on the ESPN fantasy app called called Streak, and it's pretty simple. They give you a bunch of games or or props that you pick from, and uh, so the simple ones are pick this team or that team to win. I pick a lot of college basketball games because I find that the the favorite usually wins, or it's mm. it's a better bet than other. Other options they give. Another option would be like, will this golfer birdie this hole at this tournament? Okay, so um, real. They could be real specific style. They can get pretty specific. Um, today I was picking Duke men's basketball team to beat Syracuse by double digits, and uh, Duke beat Syracuse all right, but not by double digits, by nine points. Oh. And I was watching the game uh, after my time at the golf dome this morning. Uh, I was I was with our, our mutual friend who who might end up on this podcast someday. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. I, I hope check, so. Check out uh, Space Bear Bebop on on Instagram. Space Bear Bebop for to get uh, a look at the Buffalo Flow community. Uh, cool music stuff. It's just a good Facebook or uh, pardon me, a good Instagram page to check out. Yeah, check, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping to get Space Bear Bebop on here soon. But go on. Uh, yeah, we went golfing. We were watching. We were at the little sports bar eating buffalo chicken tenders and I, I got to watch as syracuse lost um and I, they got to be salty because buddy Beheim, son of syracuse coach jim Beheim, got suspended in the previous acc tournament game uh because he p- threw a punch at a florida state player shut so up so maybe the best player on the syracuse team um is, was out for this game and still somehow syracuse was hanging in there but uh coach k's duke ran away with the game near the end um and this ends up being uh the third college basketball 
up, uh, I, I shouldn't say upset for the Syracuse game, but I've been having some some troubles with uh, college basketball picks lately. Um, and I'm salty, but Syracuse has got to be salty too because the, oh, the, coach is, the coach is son throwing a punch and then kind of having this game that was within reach, but alas, no Moss. Uh, it's just not. It's not fun. Did it's, they work hard for this? Less than double digit loss. Like, were they working hard? They looked really time? good. Okay, but uh, it, it wasn't enough. Here's the. Th- here's. I want to investigate this a little bit. He threw a punch at a player during a play. I, I did. I miss this. I must live in a sports cave. Did I? What What happened with that? Was it like post game, pre game, during the 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 good game, good game line? Did they not do that? Anymore? I don't know when it specifically was. I could. Uh, I can look this up. Yeah, I don't. When I get a free hand, I'm not. I'm not trying to go Jamie on you right now. No, though. no, no, no. We don't have to. We don't have to get into all that. But that's so interesting. And they only. How many games did he get suspended I think for? Just this one. Just the one. Yeah, against Duke. They're out of the tournament though. It, yeah, it was a pretty, lost. pretty bad. Pretty uh, bad game. Pretty bad way for the season. And to now the coach on. has got to go home and his son, and I'm sure that's going to be a pleasant. I think he might be graduating. Like oh. this might be it. That might have been his final game. Was throwing a punch. <laughs> What a way to go! Yeah, wow. Um, so, so Syracuse men's basketball, even more specifically, what did you say the names were? The coach's name and the son? Jim Beheim's the coach. Jim Beheim, Buddy, Buddy Beheim's his uh, his Buddy. Son. Yeah, the the coach has two kids, Jim and Buddy. Oh, I think God. Jim graduated already, so Buddy's the younger son. I both play basketball. Not only that, but uh, Jim played his red shirt uh, senior year. Uh, at Syracuse, so the, both the kids were on the coach's team at the same time last season. Interesting. Well, you're the coach. I mean, wow, wow. I've um, had some bad luck with uh, with basketball recently. So I'm gonna bring up. Well, I have a couple salties written down. I don't. Uh, maybe I'll bring them both up. Let's just start with the sports one because it's related. Calvin Ridley. Maybe you can give another perspective on this because I really only know the basic facts. Calvin Ridley, if you didn't know, he's on the Falcons, right? And he wasn't playing for the Falcons uh, because of injury or something, suspension. He was working on his mental health. Working on his mental health. he was put on the Falcons' um, non-football injury list. So it's for a player who's having a, a health issue that doesn't have to do with something that happened in practice or a game. Right. Okay, so he wasn't playing and he was betting on the Falcons to win. I don't know what type of bets he was he was doing, which maybe you can explain, but and they caught him and they suspended him for a year. The NFL. That's crazy. He's salty as fuck. I mean, he was salty. You could tell his Twitter things he was saying. Then everybody had a take on it. But uh, what's your take on it? What do you think about that? Well, I've probably listened to too many sports podcasts about it because uh, I saw the initial reaction on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people shaking their heads because the NFL has definitely not done discipline right in the past uh for sure ray rice only got um a very small punishment for it i think it was two games i'm not positive about that for uh for when for a, yeah it for wasn't a, for a um domestic violence issue um there, that was kind of the thing on twitter was that there's been domestic violence issues in the nfl and the punishments were always two three four games slap uh, on the wrist yeah and this is a, a full season and people were saying why and then in the sports podcast universe, everyone's saying, well, if the NFL's product isn't legit, like if players are gambling on it, then the product's going to come into question and it could be a, a cascading effect where it's just not not good. The, 
the, in, the integrity of the game is so important to the NFL commissioner. Clearly. But, like, I I get that. I get that. I'm I'm not a sports better. I don't. I say I really just don't bet on sports. But why, if he was betting on other teams, that would make sense. That would ruin integrity because if you're on your team and you're betting against your team, that's weird. Like obviously, there's a conflict of interest there. He was only betting on the Falcons to win, to what I understand. Yeah, I think it was in a parlay. So. I don't. I don't know the other parts of the parlay. I just know uh, Falcons win. Was it? Um, and yeah, on the one hand, it doesn't seem like it should be a big deal because he's in that group of people who want the Falcons to win. But and I guess, he was on the non. Yeah, I think the hypothetical is that what if he knew someone on the other team was throwing the game? In this particular case, I, I think Calvin Ridley's. A, a good guy and I, I don't think that was happening i think he no. was i think he was bored and he was like i'm rooting for my team to win i'm gonna put a yeah he didn't put yeah. a, he didn't put a large sum of money on it either he lost fifteen hundred dollars yeah yeah i mean that's large to me but like that's to not him really, to him that's probably that's, not not a huge issue no he probably spends that in an afternoon regularly so yeah so he was he was pretty salty and then i guess I'll just, I'll just mention in Thai, and some other. This one will be quick. The internet versus Kim K today, where like the internet has perceived Kim. Hey, are you? If you're, if you're cracking a lack in that open, I'll crack one open too. Yeah, it seemed, I wasn't trying to disrupt your train. Of no, thought, no, but. no. We're just opening. You know what? It's okay to like beer. Someone was telling me this is. I like beer. You like beer. I love beer. It's okay to like beer. That's okay. Like it's okay to say that. People are allowed to say that. So. I uh, I'm gonna yeah, cream dale, dry hopped. Pick it up if you haven't tried one of these. But yeah, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Kim K. Yeah, Kim K. People were mad at Kim K. Because she was saying in a video interview that that went viral today on Twitter. She was like, she was like, she was like, uh, oh, I don't understand why if you want to do something or you want something, you don't just work. She said that she's like, nobody wants to work these days. God, that's good. Nobody wants to work these days. Just get off your ass and go to work and do the work. And Twitter, I mean, it was it was unstoppable on Twitter today. And and then like every reactionary YouTuber, I'm sure, had their own thumbnail. But it's like they were saying like it's so amazing that you're talking about working when you literally just decided to work one day. You didn't ever have to. And my take on it is this. I think Kim Kardashian is actually working a lot. She's working all the time. She's a public figure, really. And her brand, and she has to go to shoots, and this and that. So she is putting in a lot of work. She she works hard at what she does but if Kim Kardashian didn't have someone watching her kids if Kim Kardashian had to come home and find dinner for the kids and make dinner and then the house is a mess and you clean the house and you gotta go get your mail and you gotta drop off the package at the package store because your return is due in 20 days and if you gotta you know find time to work on your image and get out those social media posts and while you're doing all this like no she has people for all that 
So she is working and she's working, I guess, hard relatively, but not really because she has somebody to do all the extra stuff. Like when me and you get out of work, go home. We clean ourselves up. We have to cook dinner if we want to eat without eating like processed. You know, we have to do a chore or something like clean up an aspect of the house. Maybe like all that stuff. You don't have to do any of that. It's literally just like I'm doing things during the day publicly and then I can relax. I wish I had someone to clean my car. Yeah, I gotta clean my car too, man. I mean, it's not like a junkyard, but it's, it's not pretty. I think with the Kardashians, it always seemed to me that like Chris Jenner does all the heavy lifting for that family because wow. I I feel like they had a good amount of money, but they probably didn't have like like set up for life money necessarily. Yeah. And I mean, she she turned that family into a brand, and I she she keeps that brand on the tracks. I mean, that's what that's my read of it from watching a few episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I haven't watched them all. A lot. I mean, if you've watched a few, you've watched them all. I've watched like five, I think. You've watched them all, seriously. Yeah, I uh, I don't disagree with you. Chris is like a mastermind in my brain. Not like, not like in the sense where like she has like some super high evil brain IQ and like she like knows things before they happen, but she's very aware of how to market her own family and it's always been that way my perception like a few super bowls ago when they announced the travis scott and kylie jenner baby on the super bowl bro masterful my master work it's like it's like a banksy painting drop someone have to get paid for that or did they, was that just uh it was on twitter they tweeted it oh okay. they just it's masterful because Everybody's at the game at the game. They're all checking their phones because they're engaging with social media for the game aspect of it and they're checking scores and they're checking clips that they see of people post in the crowd. They're already on social media. A paying everybody's paying attention to this one big event and here comes Chris Jenner swooping in, steal that event, steal that attention, literally just direct that attention a little bit. And masterful. And they had been hiding it all that whole year up until the announcement like people were there was all these conspiracy videos on youtube like why is kylie jenner always photographed this like last few months with like either being covered from like the neck down or like behind something or like edited weird like people were theorizing she was pregnant anyway and then super bowl came and that's what happened i've, I've gone on this spiel more times than i can count that's that was like the baller move that cued me into chris jenner Chris Jenner's, excuse me, might and magic. Are the Kardashians an important uh, past the salt conversation? We've brought them up. I've brought I've brought them up multiple times. They're fascinating. I mean, they're fascinating. Kardashians, Kanye. Kanye comes up a lot because he's an angry man. So we're just gonna stop. Like I th- I'm just gonna stop using Kanye's saltiest, even unless it's something like huge. Like if I see like Kanye killed Pete Davidson or something, or like they got in a fight, like a physical fight, because I know they're like chirping each other right now if they got in like a fight then i'd have to bring it up i'm hoping for that honestly no i'm not charity boxing I'm event like, <laughs> no, I don't that would be see, awesome i don't want to see kanye boxing i don't think the cardio is there i don't i'm not sure the cardio is really there for pete davidson either oh if, definitely not if i tried to box i don't think i i don't think i could go more than one round the question is this the question is this so like there's a lot of pete like high profile pete davidson haters like kanye and I don't know. I feel like every other week I'm seeing him like, oh, he's dating that other older woman. Someone got jealous. I don't know. He He's like got his own. Is is Pete Davidson a hero or a villain? Like Hero. 
he's the hero and all these other these are the super villains that are coming out against yeah, him his dad died in 9-11 okay yeah i know but that doesn't absolve you from sin you know what i mean he doesn't sin though he has uh doesn't he have crohn's disease oh i don't know i think he does is he is he a crony i don't know um maybe well i'm not gonna back off i don't know i haven't decided whether he's a hero or a villain yet i just want that want that out there i'm not sure i want to see how that unfolds but um we are going to move on to our recommendation segment community tries community tries what are we recommending i'll go first because you went first with the saltiest and i'm already talking for those of you who don't know which i don't know how because it has penetrated every aspect every aspect of pop culture the batman movie came out with robert pattinson i think you should go watch it and i think you should go watch it in theaters number one it's unlike any batman movie that's come out before that that was obvious from the from the jump number two a lot of people tend to gravitate towards horror movies for some reason lately a lot of younger people excuse me long day and thriller or crime movies the batman is shot the whole movie that feels like a crime movie it's a crime movie it's not really a superhero movie where like chris nolan's batman was a hyper hyper realistic portrayal like if batman was in this realm you know, this post-9-11 Batman. That's what it was. This Robert Pattinson one is like a grungy Batman detective. And then you got Zoe Kravitz with the Catwoman. The complete package. The movie is just a thrill ride. It's pretty dark. It has some cool reveals in it. You know, don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it because it's a fresh movie. And then Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Like, very good he plays like more of a gangster penguin and then that one dude from the big lebowski and other movies that plays falcone i can't remember his name either way is it john goodman no not john goodman steve buscemi nope john turturro yes yeah john turturro john turturro plays i think john turturro's performance in the batman was like crazy good for him like i don't know how to describe it i've always seen him in kind of lighter lighter roles and he plays a very dramatic Falcone's like this head of this crime family and I'm like where is this from like I don't know it was just I thought it was such a good performance from him um and Pattinson does a good job and Zoe Kravitz does a really good job but yeah if you liked the Zodiac movie if you liked um like the way Fight Club kind of looks the way the Zodiac looks the movie Seven maybe um this would be a movie you would enjoy um there's already going to be expansion on this batman from what they've said like but no one's expecting another movie for three or four years there's going to be an hbo series which i'll probably watch about arkham you played the arkham games you know briefly (coughs) bless you what a what timing for a sneeze uh for those at home uh, azula the cat was was giving me kisses uh, while max was was doing his community recs um and so I was giving the kisses in return, but I, I do have a bit of an allergy, so you're good. That was like that was a great sneeze. Um, but yeah, that's so. Watch the Batman. That's my. That's it. All the hype is true. Believe the hype. Don't believe the worst critic reviews. Just go and see the movie and, and 
and have a good time at the movie theater and don't think about like oh is this movie so good it is good it's a good batman movie it's very entertaining i uh i was worried i came in with too much effort today but honestly the thought crossed my mind in the past couple days i might need to watch that batman movie and i, I just oh didn't do watch it. the batman movie. i just didn't do it no that's so okay I can't, I can't um that's my recommendation can, to you I can't confirm or deny so I, I am going to watch this movie asap yeah see no that's what the whole point of the recommendations is for we're trying to get people to watch them watch the movie i mean i know you have like a very strict i had somebody who has a very strict watch schedule like he knows what he's going like every day i feel like you already know what you're gonna watch if you have time that day like you have it you already have like a ranking in your head i i feel like the issue i've run into kitchens a lot is that people like to talk about movies and kitchens and, oh yeah um, the thing that seems to frustrate people is that i am familiar with a lot of movies um from listening to entertainment podcasts or or even entertainment radio to a certain degree i i know about movies and what they're about but i haven't watched a lot of the most popular movies that's okay do you want to know a, a movie that always blows people's mind i've never seen beetlejuice really everyone always says please just watch that yeah, you know what? It's one of those movies that I've seen and enjoyed, but haven't really gone back to and have no feeling to it. But I know that, look, they got broad, they got Beetle on or off Broadway or some crap like that. Like, they've turned it into a live production of Beetlejuice. I, I'm not joking. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a version either coming out or running right now, like, live somewhere. So it's it's definitely, like, popular. It's, it's an enjoyable movie. It's very weird. I have so many movies I need to watch. I, you know, I've really become a movie preference guy because I've decided I can't keep up with all the shows. It's impossible. We are living in the golden age of television right now where there's so much good TV out there, but it all demands your attention for a while. Like, I can't, I don't have the fortitude to binge anymore. I don't have, well, the depression's still there, but like, I don't have the, you know, the 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 like if i'm watching more than three episodes i'm like oh man i gotta do this thing like i gotta go do something so i don't have that anymore but i've decided there's so much tv that i'm just gonna that movies they're comfortable you it's an open and shut book you open you close it it's an hour and a half two hours sometimes three if it's certain movies like and it's an essay you're watching an essay and it's over and it's done and you're like wow i've I've completed this. Like with TV, it's like I got through three seasons, but then I stopped watching it. Do you think you watched a lot of um, TV series when you were feeling low, or is that that's something you gravitate toward if you're you're not feeling high energy? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: it's certainly easier nowadays to either have a phone, a laptop, or just like the TV in your bedroom with a fire stick or whatever to get like Netflix and just like watch low effort like you can tv is good right now and it can be low effort like i can throw on for example daredevil which is one of my top favorite like streaming shows of all time um definitely my favorite marvel show still that's so low effort to me i love the show i've seen it it's not oscar academy level performances here they are really good acting in it and the storyline is really good but I can literally put it on and binge that because it's so just like easy watching. And I'm not saying all of Netflix or all of HBO or anything is easy watching, like especially HBO, like euphoria demands your full attention and you're just like, you know, gyrating in your seat essentially. But like, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I did binge a lot when it's just like low effort hangover days, hungover in my undergrad. 
I'm not leaving my house. I'm not going outside. The thing, the, my fault with being hungover, you got to eat. You got to eat something. And <laughs> I delay that. I'm like not hungry. And then, you know, I always pay for it. So eat. You have to eat. Fiber. Yeah, I guess fiber. Fiber, Alka-Seltzers, protein, you know, grease, fat, you know. Yeah, French fries are pretty good, actually. French fries, you got that starch, real soak up that that poison. Ah, man, that that's my biggest fault right there. But um, but yeah, I don't know what what is your. Uh, did you already go through your wreck? No, I didn't. Yeah, say your wreck, man. I'm excited. I uh, I was trying to um find Instagram pages that weren't climbing specific because i think i follow enough climbing stuff on instagram so i wanted to find people who were kind of like athletic or doing extreme things but they weren't climbers in the proper sense so i was looking at parkour athletes which was which was impressive because they the way they go from obstacle to obstacle right they you can't be overweight to do that sport because you you will fall off the obstacle so they were all very trim and I, i was impressed and that led me to follow this guy on Instagram called the Ninja Kane that's spelled the T H E N I N J A K A N E at the Ninja Kane. And if you follow this individual, it, their profile says they're vegan athlete stuntman and located in Santa Monica. And, uh, I really like a lot of the pictures and the videos. This guy is He's doing acrobatic things on like bridges and walls and, um, I haven't really seen the indication of him being a stuntman on a set, but I get the idea that he does risky things. Yeah, he just is a man who does stunts. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he isn't in movies. I feel like if you're in Santa Monica, you're probably oh, you're probably a legit stuntman. yeah, you're probably but yeah. Legit. This was the um the video I found. Maybe uh, he's not allowed to post his work. Yeah, you don't want to let those trade secrets out. Yeah, yeah. This is him on a highway oh. overpass bridge. Okay, so no he's rope. just yeah, straight up just like on the the gate of the bridge. With uh with traffic underneath him probably. Who's does he have does he ever show who's filming that? Like who's his camera person? Is it like his girlfriend? Is it like his brother? Is it like just a friend? Is it a dude? Like is, does he hire a company man? If it's if it's his girlfriend or uh, You know, you got to be careful with stunts part, like that. Or partner uh he has amazing abs abs that i always dreamed of having and just don't don't have no you know if you wanted to give up bread rice donuts like i mean we all know that beer's the the main issue no beer i heard there's a beer diet actually i maybe that'll be my next community wreck next time i'm on past the salt oh i didn't pass the salt to you oh uh, yeah see, that's I, okay wow i see what the whole thing. yeah yeah you gotta really pass the salt <laughs> this i mean really this podcast is supposed to start as like a controversial podcast but you, you can't force controversy you know what I mean? You can't design. This is a, you know, you can't, I can't say come over and let's record a podcast. By the way, you need to have an opposite take of me on this thing, right? Like, so that was the whole, that's the whole origin. Do you want to know what is controversial? What? There's three other podcasts that have Pass the Salt in their name. And not, <sighs> don't none get of, me started. None <laughs> of them are, none of them are posting though. I went, I went on all of their podcast feeds. Yeah, and- it's a curse. The Pass the Salt curse. If you name your podcast Pass the Salt, you just have hiatus after hiatus after hiatus. No, we're changing that. Yeah, we're, I'm trying. I mean, this is like everybody's favorite low-effort podcast, but I am trying. But here's... Here, let me circle back to your friend here. The Ninja Kane, right? That's his name? Ninja yeah. Kane? Okay. 
you got to be careful. These influencers who do that. People every year die. Every year. They die doing an influencer stunt like that on like a skyscraper and they're like like walking on the edge of it. Like what he was just doing on that bridge, if he had fallen the other way, he could seriously injure himself. And every year, I feel like since YouTube really took off in its creators thing, every year somebody dies. Every year I see like YouTuber plummets to death because they were trying one of those walk on the edges stunts. He looks legit though. He looks like a legit dude. The Ninja Kane, look him up. That's a good point. Why doesn't his profile say do not attempt? Yeah, see, it's a liability thing. But maybe Stuntman covers him in that regard. I should put Stuntman in my Instagram bio and see like what happens. See if like people reach out to me like, hey, we're shooting this thing. We really need somebody to like be in the crash car to make it look real. <laughs> like, am I just gonna get odd jobs where I'm like being thrown against the wall? Oh man. Is this him surfing? I just accidentally ended up on Oh, he's in the Bahamas right now. Oh, see, so he must be getting paid pretty well. He's gotta be a stuntman. You gotta have a lot of insurance to be a stuntman, I bet, too. Like a real stuntman on like like for a movie or TV set, right? I know from our mutual friend you need insurance to be a fire performer. To be a legit one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does have fire insurance. Fire insurance is a real thing. Not like fire for your house, fire for your person. And the people around you. He has fire insurance. He doesn't have health insurance. It's okay. But what if, isn't that a conflict of interest? What if he gets a really bad third degree burn and the fire insurance is like, yeah, we'll cover it. But then the hospital's like, well, we don't take anybody without a health insurance. I feel like that's passion. That's choosing insurance for your business over your own person. That's like, that is passion. It's a good he's way of so, looking He's at so it. passionate. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, you know, he was saying, telling me, and I think he's right. There's really only so many rope dart fire spinners like there's only so many in the country like it's not like i feel like anybody can really just pick it up right like anybody can be like oh well, i have a rope dart but there's really only so many actual rope dartists so he does make a good point of that that is that's passion space bear beep up we're talking about i'm, I'm hoping to have him on have him i got a feeling that the the past assault hiatus is going to be looked back on as a good thing Probably. I did a lot of personal investigation in during this hiatus, during COVID, really. So maybe the hiatus was a good thing. I, I in a meta sense, I feel like some, someone told me that at the very least, that this podcast serves as a sort of journal for anybody that's on it, right? And I'm on it a lot, so I guess I would be, it would be a journal for me. Which I think that 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 knowledge, delaying that gratification, like if I get to a point where I'm like, I'm done with this, but I have like episodes and episodes, like that is actually history. That is like a personal no, history. Don't, don't be person. done with it. Don't be done with it. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm done. I just got restarted back up. I'm going to give it the old college try here. Keep Keep going. But I'm saying like years from now, I could be done with it, let's say. And, and I could have all this data, essentially, about different slices and points in my life where I, I talked. I mean, how many people have their voice? No one had their voice on recording in the yesteryear. Now now everybody has the ability to have basically a recording of their voice last an, an eternity. As long as tech is around. Yeah, I used to think about that a lot. How 70 years from now, there might be someone who who combs through media from this specific time period 
Oh my and gosh. there's a lot to go through. So well, they're gonna build an AI to do it. They're just gonna yeah, have that's a computer a good point. running that's a good point. in the background. They're gonna yeah. be like, check social media. Yeah, researchers in the future probably will be programming to to get data on things people said. I mean, it's all out there. It's all permanent. <laughs> it's it's all out there forever. Anything. You know what's not permanent? My uh, how to spin a trumpet YouTube video. They took that down. No, I took it down. Oh, you took it down. I had a video taken down. I think maybe my YouTube account at the time expired. The email I used with it expired. So I think that account just died. But even if it's down, though, it's somewhere, right? Like, it could be somewhere in a server. Because, like, you know what I've always wondered? And this is going to sound ridiculous because I've done zero research into this. You know how, like, every state and locality and and has basically garbage rules where like if you put something at the curb somebody else can take it Mm -hmm. if is our tech is like is big tech using that loophole that's why they name when you delete something it goes in the the trash bin or the recycle bin so that they can just if you say do you want to permanently delete this like they can just take it then like i feel like that's the big loophole like that's why they have so much information because we put we put it in the trash and they're just like oh okay one man's trash i'll take that out for you i'll delete that for you but i'll just take it somewhere like i don't know because all the all the best stuff is deleted i mean all the all the yim yam too but if you're the guy who's at the the trash room at google and they're like sort through everything people delete in their gmail but like keep this juicy stuff like it'd be pretty easy to find the juicy stuff after like a few days you'd get it you'd be like all right sex spam sex spam sex spam like oh wait hillary clinton emails (laughs) those are important (laughs) you know spam spam (laughs) like i don't know we don't know the rules on that that's what i want to know i'm putting it in the trash bin are you kidding me so the the hierarchy of like if someone sued Google right now because they found evidence that like something they deleted on their Google Chromebook was in a server, like somewhere in this Google server, and like they could they found it, they they had surefire evidence. What if Google was like, Your Honor, they deleted the item, they put it in their trash bin, and according to the state law fifty two B subsection J of Erie County. It says that once something is put in the trash bin, if somebody else wants it, they can take it responsibly. So I took it. I feel like that's valid. I feel like that's valid. Yeah, it's pretty airtight logic. Oh my god. Azula <laughs> is just licking like, my hey, ear. <laughs> loving on head right now. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, isn't she? Oh my god, that was amazing. Um but yeah, okay, that's that's that. What do you got left? We can close out here if you if you got any final thoughts and words. What do you got? Uh, yeah, my segue from saltiest of the week was to just uh, in my general uh, college basketball picking woes. Uh, I picked South Carolina women's basketball to win, uh, and Kentucky women's basketball came through. Uh, we we found out during that game, um, SEC championship, that uh, there's a player on the Kentucky women's basketball team treasure hunt oh yeah that's a real right. real person yeah. shout out to treasure hunt i i can't wait to see see maybe a nike sponsorship i i'm imagining like an entire nike campaign with treasure hunt i mean i, I think she, like that. i hope she's in the wnba um and uh yeah she was in that play where uh dre edwards of uh kentucky scored the go-ahead three-pointer Five seconds left. Kentucky beat South Carolina. I was kind of sad because my uh, ESPN streak came to an end, but uh, props to Kentucky. It was a good game. 
Do you make a bracket every year? Uh, yeah, I make a men and a women's bracket. The women's only bracket, one of each, or do you make multiple brackets? Uh, I'm in two men's uh, pools, and then I'm in uh, Lindsay D'Arcangelo is an athletic writer um, from Buffalo, and I I put a pick into her women's college basketball um, bracket. So I do I do three brackets total. Did have you ever gotten? How close have you ever gotten? Every year I get better, but I I don't get very close though. Okay. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at it. I mean. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. Doesn't Warren Buffett offer money every year if you mm-hmm. can get it right? Yeah, perfect bracket. Do you think someone will ever get a perfect bracket? No, that's why he does it. Yeah, it's impossible. Do you, do you want to know something? I don't know if you're going to believe this. Hmm. I was hoping we would talk about Warren Buffett tonight. Well, why? What 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 do you got? What gripes do you got with I, uh, Mr. Buffett? Because I just feel like uh, finance... Finance bros worship him. Yeah, well, and, I see a lot of I, clips that 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 you know would would dissuade them. I see a lot of him talking. See, what I really see is just him talking about Bitcoin, and it's just so funny. But go on, you tell your thing. Like, what about Warren Buffett? Like, what do you mean finance bros worship him because he was like made a lot of money in the market? Yeah, I feel like everyone's so obsessed with him because it's his investments are always so smart. Smart. If you I'm, know, I'm not going to be Warren Buffett ever. Why? Why do these people think they're going to be Warren Buffett? He's looking. Someday? He's there's looking, one Warren Buffett. He's looking at the game from the top down. Yeah, he's at the very tippy top, and he he had a fix, you know, and he he got in there and he made money, and you know he you can look in the market. There's a lot of you know this whole Reddit stock thing, you know, changed a lot of things, and people are going to move forward on the markets in a different way because everybody perceives them as being so not as free right like people can manipulate them warren buffett hates cryptocurrencies allegedly but he he buys bitcoin i don't want he go he comes out against bitcoin sometimes i don't know where he stands on it today is in 2022 but he has come out against it he has it though oh they all do anybody who can afford to buy it definitely does have it so the fact that people are telling you not to buy it that's just if warren buffett has crypto i want crypto here's the thing biden is signing an executive order on crypto this week. This week. He already made a statement about it. Um, there's a lot of research that's going into cryptocurrencies and stuff. I think I think we are about to see major, major economic change in the next five years. And I don't think it's going to be Biden. I think the next president, whatever side of the aisle the election folds onto, major economic change. And I think that cryptocurrencies are going to play a large part in it not really any of the non-stable coins though like i don't know if it's just the technology itself is going to be used and none of the current coins are going to be or what 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 that's going to look like but we are on the precipice of something especially with this ukraine war which we haven't mentioned that at all during this podcast which is okay i uh again more effort than low effort. Yeah, I, I planned on not talking about it too much. Yeah, it's just, it's uh, we're just gonna so, we're, we're all watching. It's we're so all sad. praying. It's so sad. So, but sorry, the cat. But yeah, we can. Um, did we hit all year? We hit Warren Buffett. Did, <laughs> I I can't believe it. Honestly, I legitimately thought earlier. I hope we talk about Warren Buffett. It'll, and you it'll, brought him up. You well, yeah, up, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm the, I can segue into anything, especially if you give me enough breaks. <laughs> and that's our show. We are going to close. I'm going to say my last spiel here, so pass the salt. 
everybody's favorite Law for podcast, hosted in Buffalo, New York. You can find us everywhere, pretty much, podcasts are listened to. I don't want to say everywhere, but all the major ones, big two being Spotify and Apple Music. We are distributed and hosted by Anchor, so thank you, Anchor. And uh, and that theme song you heard in the beginning, that's an original by Kevin Spears of the Free Music Party, so check them out as well. And that's it. That's our show. Uh, we'll see you next hey, time. Hey, uh, you can find me at Didgeridude on Twitter, D-I-D-G-E-R-I-D-O-O-D. That's at Didgeridude and Instagram at Full Frontal Buffalo. Okay. I did not know that was your Twitter. Um, okay. That's it. We'll see you next time.